Hello and welcome to the Weekend Review. I'm Michael Curzon and I'm joined by SD Wicket. Sam, how are you? I'm good, Michael. I've been uh, I've been on sabbatical for a few weeks, but um, I'm back now. You are back. Um, I'm joined only by SD Wicket tonight. Uh, Luke isn't with us and I'm afraid to say won't be with us again, at least as a regular host uh, for the Weekend Review. I've not announced that yet because the last two weeks Sam wasn't here as well and we had special guests on, so it seemed a bit disjointed. Um, but Luke isn't with us because of uh, a new job, which I think I have mentioned actually in one episode, uh, which restricts time. He's still very much with Bournebrook. Nothing has changed there. It's just the the times of the recording uh, is a bit inconvenient for the three of us to arrange around. So that's a shame, but um, we'll be getting him on, uh, dropping by and the Weekend Review when we can. And also hopefully getting some different guests on the Weekend Review. So you've got something to look forward to there and maybe even fewer weather reports which i'm sure many listeners will be will be pleased to hear um yeah. and and also it'll be less uh less predictable than before um normally the show was normally normally uh you were the straight man to mine and luke's kind of like wandering tangents into various depths of uh, of of regime theory but um yeah we'll, we'll we're looking to get some uh, some sort of Special guests uh, to fill the third spot uh, whenever we can. So um, yeah, keep on listening, and uh, we'll have some uh, bigger names on soon. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um, another change tonight, which was slightly born out of a, a listener comment, um, uh, someone who has been following us for a long time and listens to, um, well, interacts with all of the episodes. I should say, I'd hope they'd listen. Um, who said? I've got to take a hiatus because of all the Ukraine coverage and I do not blame them. Um, it is, it's, it's horrible what's going on and it, it does, especially because of how the narrative is around it, it. It's quite easy to get, well, quite miserable actually, it has to be said um, about the way it's been covered. So what we thought we'd do tonight is um, sort of highlight the fact that while we've been talking about this for the past four weeks, it is now, I think we've just gone past the four-week mark of the start of the invasion, there's actually been a lot else happening. Not that you'd have known it, um, because just like at the Week in Review, um, where we've only covered Ukraine and Russia, that's pretty much been the case everywhere else. We at least have the excuse of only being a weekly 40-minute uh, episode, whereas other platforms can't say the same. So the point of today is, as the title will suggest, while you were focusing on the Russia-Ukraine war, or perhaps while you were sleeping, this is what's been happening in the background. Um, so, Sam, why don't you kick off on one of our old faithful topics of COVID? And despite having... We, we've forgotten about COVID, it seems. It's, it's completely gone out of the discourse. We almost never talk about it. But actually, over the last four weeks, there's been quite a lot interesting that's happened and by the way quite a lot of inconvenient things for the sort of people who used to report on COVID the most and would be the most vocal about COVID who happen now not to talk about it a lot of inconvenient facts that have come out so why don't you why don't you touch on some of those that we've uh, we've got prepared yeah, I think it might have so before um before we get into that we should say um Michael and I did go drinking last night and and during which we we discussed um Sort of the the general hopelessness of of, of trying to cover the Ukraine um, story, and we we you know, began focusing on you know uh, what's being slipped under uh, underneath the smokescreen. Because um, essentially, you know, what there seems to be to to, to be is um, 
the regime's sort of uh, desperate attempt to distract people from the domestic front while pointing over at, you know, uh, over at Ukraine, like a set of jangling keys. Uh, and yes, we, we can start with COVID. Um, well, just quickly um, on that, Partygate is a massive example, isn't it? We've, we've all of a sudden forgotten and, and people have been pointing out that the polls are slowly turning backwards towards what they were before Partygate. Labour took a massive lead, starting to change slightly now because Partygate, that happened like a whole month ago. We, we've forgotten about oh, it. Yeah, a, a month is a very long time in politics, you know. Very, very um, long time in politics. I mean, yeah. Um, so exactly. So the, 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 the attention span of the public is so, is so low that um, that... that you know, which created enough outrage to pretty much force the government into total reversal of um, COVID legislation. Um, so yeah, I mean, so what what's happening really is that I think a lot of people in in high in high positions of power are starting to realise just how how firmly they were prodding the bear um, with the excesses of COVID restrictions, and now you know now that you know the public. Public focus is, you know, directed elsewhere. They're slowly clawing back certain things. Um, mm -hmm. It's been happening for a while, even maybe even before um, Russia invaded Ukraine. But um, the, the first thing was that John Hopkins uh, School of Medicine uh, did a report that showed that lockdowns had virtually no effect whatsoever on cases of death numbers. Yeah, that was the first thing. Um, Which is massive. This is absolutely massive, considering that that uh, pretty much all of the not all of it, but a lot of the social and moral and economic malaise that's come since is a consequence of those initial lockdowns. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you you can't avoid the catastrophe that comes from shutting down a majority service based economy for months on end, and you know, and or indeed or shutting down. Uh, or locking down, I should say, people who are or animals which are social beings. That's what we are essentially. We're social beings, and without social interaction, well, you can see what's happened to us, um, or to many people at least, as a result of that. So, yeah, yeah the, the economy isn't made for it, and we just as human beings aren't made for for what we've been put through. Yeah, and, and, and we can go on to the uh, economics at a later point. Um, yeah. But these two big studies have come out. One has basically said that you know lockdowns had virtually no effect whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and the other is that, uh, and this is something that we've been saying, you know, since day one, really, is that the way that COVID deaths are and were counted lends itself very generously to the the overall number being inflated. Yeah. Um, so was it? It's it's like up to a third of of COVID uh, reports of deaths weren't actually related to COVID. Yeah, well, I mean, the difficulty around this, and I think a really important point that was highlighted again over the last couple of weeks, more recently, actually, I think, I think it was in the last week or at most fortnight, was a study um, from a group at Oxford University found there were at least 14 different ways that COVID deaths were measured. Um, so there all of a sudden, some of those ways would have counted more deaths, some of them inevitably would have counted fewer deaths. So it just, it just, it's important because we were um, we were presented with these figures. We were flooded with these figures on a daily occurrence, sometimes more than a daily occurrence. You couldn't turn on the TV without hearing about it. Every press conference we had all this, but we were we were presented with these things as though they were pure facts. The BBC for a very long time would only put in very small writing at the bottom uh, within 28 days of testing positive, only sort of 
maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago, did it actually start saying out loud that little very important figure um, as a as a sort of a you know to qualify the number. So we were given all of these numbers, and now we're saying, well, hang on a minute. There's lots of different ways to measure it. This is basically nonsense. Uh, we we overestimated it. But it's too late now because it, it was the fear created by these figures that led us into lockdown. Now we found out not only that the figures which scared us into lockdown were largely inaccurate or just confusing, really, but also that the lockdowns themselves, as you just said, I mean, from just no, no, it didn't only scare people to go into lockdown. It scared people into giving up all agency and all liberty. Yeah. I mean, you know, have you ever seen people this um, dependent in their daily actions on, on the on the whims of, you know, so-called experts? I mean, people people look to figures like, uh, like like Fauci for permission to go see their dying relatives, you know, uh, you know and um, not only that is, you know, I'm sure a cause that's that's sort of dear to us both is is how people who uh, didn't take the vaccine had been treated around the world. I mean, that was, you know, generated by fear, not just in terms of government policy and mandates and, and, and passport schemes, but also in terms of some of the vicious vitriol that people who didn't get jabbed have been, you know, literally by, you know, friends, family, co-workers. That's all been driven by the fear, which we're now starting to see come undone as being drastically exaggerated. I mean, it's a real crime. And I think that's the thing we need to sort of, we need to, we need to really... Zero, and we'll get onto that with the 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 other stories that we'll cover in this in this area. Is that essentially, you know, uh, the the moral heist of the century is being undertaken under our noses while we're all looking over at Ukraine? Yeah, well, you mentioned um, an an important point there, and something where there's been a lot of ground covered in the last couple of months, and that's on the vaccine. Um, there's been the release of the what's been titled the Pfizer papers which got very, very little coverage, very little mention, because at that point we didn't care that tanks were rolling in. Um, you almost understand it to an extent, but something that has dominated our lives for two years, something that has created genuine hatred, that's got people actually sacked from their jobs and got a lot of other people threatened to be sacked, and then maybe they didn't, sort of tore some families apart, ended friendships, got people kicked out of uh, bands and all sorts of social occasions. Uh, of all ages, even for people who weren't vulnerable to the virus. And now Pfizer um, releases um, its, its sort of overview of some of the side effects. And it's, it's more than was certainly let on by many of the politicians, many of the experts as well. Something that would, is at least worthy of there being a debate around. I'm not saying nobody should get a vaccine. I'm not even commenting on anything like that because I'm not in the position to do that. All I'm saying is clearly there is grounds for debate over this, yet that was denied. And now it's too late. It's too late because all this hatred has been created because we refuse to talk about it. Anyone who even questioned it was labelled anti-vax, just like... We were censored for it. Yeah, we had we had um, content, I think, two or three video, three, well, two at least, removed from, from YouTube uh, for misinformation. <laughs> and I'm sure if, if, the, if the magazine was printed um, by, by Google or YouTube or someone like that, they would also all have got censored too. Um, so, yeah, but as we say, the, the important point on this and sort of the frustrating point is that really it's too late um, mm. because... It's been done. I think there won't be as much of a drive to for the boosters now. They are talking about a fourth vaccine, but I think the 
the take up for it will be well inevitably it'll be lower than it was for the others but i think it'll almost be sort of surprisingly lower than the others um because we've just lost interest in covid yeah and and even if it is you know i, I don't trust it will be reliably informed of that you know no. they'll, they'll have a not mentioned at all or that again they'll embellish things um but just just think about the the, the progression of um the the approach towards the vaccine which is you know at first it was people were saying you know on tv it is a hundred percent safe and effective a hundred percent safe and effective right and yeah. that's gone from most of the safe and effective you know uh given approval by this that that there's and now you've got this report come out which is you know um the list of um side effects is is a lot more than we initially thought yeah. um also you know i mean i mean take it with a grain of salt but i i've seen a lot of you know anecdotal evidence of people who work in you know, a funeral home saying you know, the amount of um you know uh, bodies of people who are, who are much younger than normal coming in is you know a lot higher the rates of medical emergencies among, amongst young people are much higher i mean you know when when how long um you know, when else has there been this much this many stories of you know athletes um taking seriously ill you know while, while competing yeah um, yeah obviously as you say these things are difficult to qualify but there are some um some reports even in some newspapers that have just not been pushed out very much again because the, the narrative currently is elsewhere there have been reports especially of teenagers who are perfectly healthy and have had a vaccine and have had a really terrible reaction to it quite quickly and have died in a very short space of time something like that is is massive because again we it wasn't really for most people a choice about getting a vaccine it wasn't the sort of thing where you go and talk about it and you come up with a decision with uh, your local gp or with your, your 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 peers or with your um your mentors at school it was something that unless you thought about it which you know unless let's be honest you looked at alternative you sort of purposely looked at alternative media, why would you think about it? Because you never hear anything that is different to the main view. People just took it. Um, and, and then things like this happen with people who are perfectly healthy, young people who didn't need to take it anyway. That's one of the most frustrating things about this. Didn't need to take it anyway. There's absolutely no debate. And a lot of people, well, I don't know about the number, but even if it's just some people, these people have lost their lives because of that. And I think that is a well, it's a shameful thing. It's a it's a it's a massive um, spot of blight on on the government, um, the advisors, and on also the the propaganda campaign that the government pretty much openly uh, pursued. It paid psychologists to to work out how best to push all these things, and they all ought to be ashamed about it. Well, yeah, that's the thing, and yeah, and and it's it's terrible. But the worst thing is, is that essentially they're they're getting off scot free. Oh yeah, well, as I say, where it is reported, it's um, it's not prioritised, um, and and even if it were, because of the propaganda that we talk about, because of the the uh, the campaigns the government underwent, the the advertising space that took up all of that, um, even if it were prioritised. I think that people's response generally would be oh, some anti-vax nonsense. That is, that's just tosh. It would be to reject it straight away. It wouldn't be to think about it because, again, we've never had the opportunity to think about it. That wasn't an option. It was just take it or you're an anti-vaxxer. You're a, you're a granny killer. You're selfish. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, 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 I lost friends because of it. I lost you know, people who, um, you know, 
took the party line that if you take it, then you can't spread it. You, you can't kill granny, you know, um, as long as you take it. So people who believe that wholeheartedly and, and, you know, even though, even though, you know, no one was telling them that at this point, you know, because, right. um, because that, that's a, that's a, an indefensible position factually. Um, you know, I know people who've been kicked out of, you know, uh, church congregations, people who have lost their jobs because of it. Um, like people I know who even were given medical clearance to not take it because of um, hereditary um, like blood problems had their um, their waiver their waiver rights to, to not take it. I mean, uh, denied them, but then forced to leave their universities. I mean, it's um, I mean, what happened to people is you know it, it really shouldn't be forgotten, but obviously it will be because you know take well, part take part take for instance, right? I mean, you know, fast forwards what two three months, no one cares anymore. No. No, no, I mean, if you to go, if you did like Vox Pops tomorrow, you'd find very few people who still gave a toss about 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 um about No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Another important point. This is something that we battered on about a lot. Probably, probably the main topic we discussed over the past two years, um, because children, of course, um, because of their age, because of the lack of experience are the most malleable to all things. This is the most influential time of their lives. What happens in, the years, in these years shapes most of their future years, um, in, to some extent, to a large extent, I think it's fair to say. Chris Whitty has now come out and admitted that lockdowns had a substantial impact on children's health. Well, isn't it a bit late now, after two years? I'm surely a man of his standing would already have known that. Um, and he was. Sorry, pushing... Michael, I, I think you mean Sir Chris Whitty. Sorry, yeah, Sir Chris Whitty. Uh, <laughs> quite right. Um, don't want to. Which is which is just effort. which just sums up everything that's that, that's messed up about it, right? So this this you know this guy and his 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 mates who um, they they use you know all sorts of you know, behavioral science and you know NFT and that, that sort of thing and sorry um, NLP sorry. Um, to you know, forced and strong on the public morally into essentially social suicide or mass, um, and at the end of it, the guy gets a, a bloody knighthood. I mean, it's just so it's just so typical of the the the, the sort of the casual treacherous people. On that there's going to be no repercussion for them. It's it's really quite sickening. Yeah. Now an, another topic then, which is uh, very much a result of the of the um or in part again a large part uh, of those two years of lockdowns is the cost of living uh issue that we're now facing uh, i think off gem raised the the maximum cap for energy prices which um just like the the minimum wages in many cases sort of the maximum wage someone's going to get i think it's also fair to say that in many cases the maximum energy price is the minimum uh, that you're going to face and that you'll struggle to find it cheaper they raised it by 54% which is immense um when people are already struggling let's be honest um and with with prices increasing across the board not just on energy but on on day-to-day -day goods um it is it makes it very difficult to people uh, for people to make ends meet. And it's getting some coverage. We had the spring statement today. I mean, it was it's, that's never going to be an interesting story anyway, a spring statement. Uh, but it, it got a bit of coverage. But still, I think we're we're underplaying the impact of this. In fact, willingly so with what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. 
we're constantly talking about the need for more and more sanctions. I think because people don't quite understand, just as they didn't uh, uh, perhaps comprehend that lockdown um, isn't just about saving everybody and that it might also have the consequence of really damaging your economy. The same is the case for sanctions. I think sanctions is a buzzword that people don't really understand. What sanctions means to them is uh, hurt Putin. That's all it is. Putin bad, sanction is anti-Putin, ipso facto, it's good. But actually, sanctions have great impacts on those who impose them. Um, and we're going to see that soon. Liz Truss has admitted it's going to be hurtful, and yet we push for more and more of this stuff. We're already in a dire position. Um, but because of the focus on what's happening in Russia and, uh, and Ukraine, something that really we oughtn't be getting too involved in, um, that's that everything is framed around that. Why aren't we focusing more on the fact that people are just struggling to make their way financially and we're making it worse? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, we've been saying this from the very start, you know, like what else could the what else could it po could possibly happen if you shut down an economy like this, you know, for months on end and, yeah. you, you know, and you, and you just start printing money and taking on more sovereign debt. I mean, like what else could possibly happen? Yeah. Um, no, what we're seeing is is the, the chickens of this, you know, nonsensical bio utopian fantasy coming home to roost. They have a gall to, to blame it on Putin as if this hasn't been happening, you know, yeah. as, as if, as if the, the first domino didn't fall two years ago. It's incredible. It is incredible. Obviously, there were other things even before that. Um, there's other issues which we, we need to bear in mind. Just ten, to a decade of, of the Tory government's uh, poor policies hasn't helped all of this. Uh, but certainly, uh, and that's not coming from a, a Labourite, by the way. Um, certainly, uh, the the lockdowns made it much worse, and and Russia Ukraine will make it worse too. Uh, not least because of sanctions. But you're right; it's mad to say it's just started. But I think there's a really important point to be made with. Uh, the financial burden we're all now facing. And I think it is fair to say we're all now facing, other than, of course, people who are, are very well off. Um, for so long, during the beginning of the lockdown, you remember it well, we were saying this is going to really destroy the economy. You're going to do a really bad thing here. And we, we would try to put around that, you know, we're not just saying it because of money, money, money. We're saying if you if you do this to your, the economy, it's going to have a real impact on people's lives. It's going to damage people. Like it will kill people. It's going to or, result or in people, or people too. Because of course, yeah. Now we were constantly told you're placing money above people's lives. We said no, 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 no. We're trying to we're trying to prevent loss of life uh, in the longer term, which is always the problem with that sort of argument because people mainly only see the short term, uh, and we're all guilty of that. But it, it is a big problem in terms of national debate where a lot of people are sort of here today gone tomorrow with the main issues so for so long it was anyone who was against lockdown was putting money against lives and now everybody's saying the cost of living is insane the chancellor needs to do this chancellor needs to do that and you think well hang on a minute two minutes ago you were saying money has no impact on any of this and now you're accepting that you're you're struggling mm -hmm. um and again too late um it, mm -hmm. I, that's not a told you so moment because well, it's just we didn't. There's so many things yeah. that we've got wrong as well. Not yeah, just, and, and more and and more things that I wish we'd gotten wrong. You know, like, yeah. I wish we got. I wish we were wrong when we said, you know, this is going to create a a once in a generation economic crisis. Yeah, I I, I wish I was wrong when I said, you know, that runaway inflation is going to make you know um, fuel and food and housing and heating uh, luxury items. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. Housing was bad enough already, but now it's just, it's miserable. It's unbelievable. So, it's, yeah, it's terrible. I sent it to you last week, you know, I, I got my uh, energy bill for a month. And I, nearly, I nearly wept. Yeah. Yeah. It's absurd. Um, again, and, you know, we were saying this, you know, a year ago. Um, but, you know, and because we're, a, you know, because we're a fringe outlet, no one, no one listened. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's not just that we were saying it. People who were sceptical of the lockdowns generally were saying it um, outside of our circle. There was, there was plenty of people saying it. Then towards the end of the lockdown, people started, a lot more journalists came out and started saying it. And you thought, well, all right, maybe people are starting to get around to the idea. And then Russia-Ukraine started and we all reversed and we said, let's impose really heavy sanctions now, 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 now. And, you, you know, maybe in two years' time, people will start saying, actually, yeah, sanctions aren't that great. One, because they mainly hurt the poor in Russia, uh, who have nothing to do with it. And two, because they also hurt the poor in Britain, who certainly have nothing to do with it. Um, and we're creating massive problems here. But again, it'll be too late by that point. And also, uh, um, the, I think the, the main thing to highlight with, with the inflation, again, it, it mostly hitting the poor, who, you know, it's like, um, you know, just uh, to, to, to go back in time briefly, it's like, you know, with the yellow vest protests in France, Mm. Um, that started because you know fuel taxes which um which yeah. uh which, which you know really harmed people who lived in rural france because they needed cars to get to work it didn't yeah. harm, it didn't harm parisians who had the metro right? same thing here where yes fuel fuel is becoming you know if you're if you live in the rural england if you live, if you live out, out in the sticks and you need a car to get to work because you know there's, there's not there's not much bus links there's not very much train links um you're screwed um and and the laptop class have been so just sneering about this you know it's like um uh what's his name well, one of one of biden's cabinet you know sort of made it off her remarks saying if you can't afford fuel get a get an electric car you know <laughs> oh you can't afford 120 bucks of fuel cool buy a 50 grand car moron like yeah yeah it's, it's unbelievable and, and then, and then there's a bloomberg article you know um don't it's don't don't get insurance for your pets. Uh, no one said it was going to be fun. Like it's 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 sickeningly um, detaches people, and it's it's you know it's got very strong ancien regime vibes. Um. Yeah, yeah. No, it has. I, I think you know we're we're actually quite lucky that this, especially in terms of energy bills at home, that we're moving into the winter now. Uh, sorry, the summer now, uh, slowly. But this is going to be the same by winter, if not worse. How on earth are people going to get through that time? People who have already for, for some years struggled to, to make ends meet. It's going to be, I mean, we always talk about the choice between having a meal and turning on your, your, your heater for the night. But this time round, I think that's going to be a really serious problem. I think we're going to see massive issues as we move into that time. Will there be, um, there, there might be some more financial support that comes out, maybe with the budget later this year hopefully there will be i don't think it will cover it because i think that the scale of the problem we've got ourselves in is well it's actually insane it's incomprehensible i, I this is why the whole i told you thing uh, i told you so thing is in my opinion a bit of a nonsense because even back at the beginning of the lockdown when uh, when i was saying and when we were saying and lots of people were saying about the impact on the economy I, I, it was still then i could sense that that was the case but it was difficult quite to comprehend it but being in it now uh, and seeing this play out, you think, good Lord, um, where's it going to go from here? And it, it is worrying. Who knows? This isn't like one of those. We're not talking about, for example, grammar schools here or a debate like that, which I, I'm not saying they're not serious. It has a massive impact. But something like this impacts everybody right here, right now, at this second. 
which and we're, we're sort of playing it out and it is i think it is worrying a lot of people are genuinely worried um that may bring some positives uh that you know the need to be a slightly more frugal uh hard times strong people i suppose you could say things like that but that, that really is clutching at straws <laughs> But um, uh, anyway, and uh, and now on to the uh, the coup de grace of criminal revelations uh, during this crisis, yeah. and that would be the uh, belated admittance of the um, uh, the factuality of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Um, this is a, sorry, I don't think we've covered it before on the podcast. Cause I think it, it had kind of been and gone before we started the show. Because um, yeah, sure it was it was on the doorstep of the election in two thousand twenty. So I mean, it's gonna be it'll be a few months before we start the show. But um, you know, to 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 recap for anyone who who isn't aware, uh, a laptop was uh, was turned into, I believe, a computer repair shop, which was then ascertained to have been uh, belonging to Hunter Biden, the son of you know then candidate and current president Joe Biden, and the contents of the laptop uh, range from um the 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 president's son you know smoking you know crack in pictures uh posing naked with, with various other people uh to more serious things like implicating um the now us president in serious corruption allegations around around ukraine um and uh some i i i i have to say this with a grain of salt because i, I don't i don't know to what extent there are but i have heard whisperings of some more um serious uh grave content on the on the laptop which i, I won't go into out, out of respect for uh yeah, possible people can yeah uh, people can ascertain from that we'll, yeah we'll, no, we'll people, say alleged and reported so we don't get banned Although yeah sure yeah also just just for my instance of the quorum it's, it's the most despicable crime someone, someone can commit if it if it is uh true i've but, seen a lot of people by the way on 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 twitter um I, I don't know actually that much about this story, I must admit, but I have seen some things and, and I, I clicked on a thread and someone said, someone asked, what is it that he's supposed to have done on the laptop, whatever. And someone said, you don't want to know. And then it, someone else attached a link, which it, it had, um, what, what's the word, uh, media hidden uh, sensitive. Do you want to click it? Obviously, I didn't, um, having guessed what it might have been. But why do people do that? Um, it's very questionable why someone would would share that if if what it is is what I think it might have been. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. So, so again, w- without saying it because you know it's it's. Um, well, it's, I think we need to really. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's already been uh, hit up very heavily. Um, but you know, there's one thing: what was on the laptop, and there's two: what was done with the revelation of the laptop in it, and that was that the uh, the Silicon Valley oligarchs, the uh, the corporate press in the US, all basically coalesced to squash the story right before the election, mm. which, you know, is something that they later bragged about when they wrote that they had, you know, fortified the election by essentially it's creating a, a one-sided, um, one-sided uh, information stream on the election through mainstream sources. Mm. Um, do do I think that the election itself was rigged? I don't know, but when you look at how the media snapped into action to completely abandon you know any pretense of you know duty to the public, which obviously they haven't had for a very very long time, they utilized every power they had. They moved every finger they could to squash that story on the eve of the election because they knew that four years prior, similar revelations had buried the Clinton uh, push. Um, it 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 is 
it is meddling in, in, in an election. I mean, you know, I, I, bear in mind, I, I am very skeptical of the validity of elections anyway. Um, I think you know, I think it's it's just a, it's just a, a, a pre-made choice. Um, yeah, but it's you know it it's, it had serious consequences for the last election in the U.S. Um, the fact that it was treated as just nothing more than a basis conspiracy theory led to the subsequent treatment of Trump supporters after the um, the election. Take take for instance the the, the Jan sixth um, folks. Um, folks, that was very <laughs> that was very Texan. Look at the Jan sixth folks. Oh, there were definitely some Texans there. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, again, like the the sort of the hunting of the hunting for sport of, you know, American right wingers and Trump supporters since that point is largely down to the idea that you know that any any uh, complaints they'll make about the election is just this baseless, you know, anti democratic conspiracy theory. Um, a lot of it comes from this, where you know you had a, a real story that asked serious questions of a presidential candidate right before the election, and it was squashed, and now. You know, fast forward over a year now, and they just quietly missed that it was true. Yeah, I think you know this. This builds on as if we didn't already know it to a, a growing collection of evidence. The idea we in the West, and I think we could say very much the same about the US as as the UK, and in, in at least this case, uh, are democracies. It's just a nonsense. I mean, you, uh, the biggest point I think is what you said actually uh, before the point around the you know, the, the, the email story or the laptop story itself, sorry, which is we have a pre-selected sort of choice. It's the same in this country. We, you know, we, we say that we can choose anybody, we can vote for anybody, but of course the candidates are already pre-selected. Uh, the candidates who wouldn't be uh, in the party's eyes suitable, uh, obviously aren't selected. Um, it's all very clever in terms of seats. Obviously, the parties do this so they can win, uh, but also to keep certain people out. So that, that's the was one of the main points. And then, yeah, the the um, the importance of information of social media now in the social media age. Uh, just just whether or not uh, certain stories or accounts are shadow banned, as they say, so that they don't automatically appear on your feed. Um, and uh, I mean, you hear a lot of stories. Peter Hitchens talks all the time of is it Frizella the the fairy, <laughs> um, who who removes his followers, um, things like that. Which I'm sure there is you know some truth behind, where accounts for whatever reason see their follow accounts uh, go down. So again, people aren't seeing certain stories. All of this is is very important. It changes how people uh, think, what they think. I suppose actually more importantly as well um or rather prevents them from being able to think about something instead they see a certain narrative and that's that so yeah all of these things very important but they got they got covered up at the time and they have been conveniently pretty much covered up at this point as well it's been barely reported on at all in this country there's a new york uh sorry what's the paper a new york post cover of uh, some judges, I believe, who are understood to have helped cover up this story. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong on that. Because spies, not... spies as well. Spies as well, right? Okay, so they've they've reported on people who were implicated in this story on the cover of that paper. Fair enough. I've not seen it in any paper in Britain, at least not in any major sense. That's as much as I say. Which is why I don't know very much about the story. It's not something I've sought out very much. Um, I'm I'm less interested in US politics. But I do read all the British papers and I, I look through the world sections. I would have seen it, I think, if it was presented in a major format. I just don't think it has been. And that's interesting. 
Hmm. Worthy of note at the least. Yeah, it was a very it was a very quiet turnaround. And again, you know, it's you know, the whole point of this week's discussion is, you know, while while you were sleeping, yeah, you know, um, you know, they tiptoed out your front door carrying a telly. You know, that um uh just the amount of just wanton criminality of the ruling class, complete moral corruption that's been exposed. And again, it seems you know very few people actually care. You know, we 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 care because you know we have we 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 have that kind of you know mind sickness where we aren't you know um, part of the herd. Um, but there, there are very few like us, um, and it's quite it's quite bleak. You know, if if these people can get away with burying a, a very important story right before an election. Um, an election which you know the impl- the, impl- the implicated candidate won. It was a big cultural moment, I think, the outing of of Trump. It was it wasn't just an election where a politician changed. I think that was a big statement. Um, and and yeah. if that was in any way involved, then it's a big story. Um, and it was, but it isn't a big story because um, the same people, of course, are still in control of the the media both social and and print uh what news so and they always were yes and they always were um and i'm sure they will continue to be for a very long while um but on that so that we don't carry on talking for a very long while i think that's a, a good place to round up we've covered a lot of ground there and we only mentioned russia ukraine perhaps 20 times so we've done very we've done very well um, I hope. Uh, yes. Uh, hope, hopefully, hopefully, William Hill's made it this far. Um, yeah. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it. Um, and thank you for your support and to everybody else uh, for listening. We hope you join us again next week. Have a good weekend. Cheers. <laughs>